Blog Talk Radio. We now continue this series titled Wisdom for Happy, Successful Living, which is an esoteric study of the selected parables of Jesus. And again, we begin by reviewing our definition. A parable literally means comparison. They're two stories told side by side for comparative purposes. I like Reverend Ike's definition, which says, A parable is a two-story story, one story being obvious or exoteric, E-X-O-T-E-R-I-C, meaning outer, the other story being esoteric, E-S-O-T-E-R-I-C, or within the story, or within the outer story. In this session, we consider the famous parable of the ten virgins, found in the book of St. Matthew, 25th chapter, the first through the 13th verses. I shall read it for you now. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage. And the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. But he answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know not neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. The parable of the ten virgins. I've said that this is an esoteric study of the Scriptures, meaning that it is a study of the inner meaning, the real meaning of the Scripture. And so now we shall address ourselves to the inner meaning, the hidden meaning, the story within the story. The parable of the ten virgins, by the way, belongs to that group of the parables of Jesus which are classified as the kingdom of heaven parables. Because in this parable, as in the other kingdom of heaven parables, Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like, in our previous study of selected kingdom of heaven parables, we have a working definition for kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven means 
the mind of God in man, the mind and its processes. So then, the esoteric purpose, the real purpose of these kingdom of heaven parables from the lips of Jesus is to show us the mind and its processes. How the mind works. How the mind of God in man and as man works. Don't forget that. It's good to know what you're looking for when you're studying. What is the message? What is the point? The kingdom of heaven is like, Jesus said. The mind of God working in man, through man, and as man is like this. So then, what we are really dealing with here is a revelation of the inner processes of our own mind. A revelation of the inner processes of our own mind. And it is vitally important to know and to study the processes of the mind because it is through the mind that we cognize God. It is through the mind that we cognize anything. And it is by means of the mind, the power of God in our minds, that we can transform the conditions of our lives. We can control the conditions of our lives. Now, we are dealing with the symbology of ten virgins here. What are these ten virgins? The ten virgins are the five spiritual senses and their five material counterparts. The sense of sight, the sense of taste, the sense of hearing, the sense of touch, the sense of smell. They are virgins because they are originally pure. We learned very early in our secular educational process about the five senses. But isn't it rather interesting that perhaps most of us never really thought that the five external senses have their internal counterparts? Take, for example, the sense of sight. Many times people think of the sense of sight as simply an external thing. But the sense of sight is really twofold. It is both exoteric, E-X-O-T-E-R-I-C, and E-S-O-T-E-R-I-C, meaning inner. How many of you have ever said, or you have heard someone say, Oh, I see. Have you ever said that? Have you ever heard anyone say, Oh, I see. It means I see with the eye of the mind. I see with the light of the mind. I see with my understanding. This is how we get the ten virgins here out of the five senses. Because remember, each sense has what? Both the exoteric and the esoteric aspects. That's how you get ten virgins out of the five senses. So we've demonstrated that now with the sense of sight. We see outwardly with the outer eye. We see inwardly what? With the eye of the mind, the light of the mind, the understanding of the mind. Let's take the sense of taste. And while we're doing this class, in a few days it will be Thanksgiving. And a lot of you are tasting already. And you're getting ready to treat your taste 
to a lot of exoteric enjoyment. We have a demonstration of how each of these senses is used inwardly, internally, esoterically. We see in the psalm, the psalmist David says in one place, what? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. So then this is the sense of taste in an internal or what an esoteric sense. So then, with the spiritual sense, we can taste the goodness of the Lord. Also, with the inner spiritual hearing, we can hear the word of the Lord. Also, with the inner spiritual sense, we can touch God. We can touch the Spirit and be touched by the Spirit. We can feel the Spirit. We can feel God with the inner esoteric sense. Also, the sense of smell is not only exoteric or external, but it is internal because the Bible speaks of a sweet-smelling savor, a sweet-smelling fragrance. There is a beautiful spiritual that says, He's sweet, I know. But this is cognizing the goodness of God with the spiritual aspect of the sense of taste and smell. Now, we see where we get the ten virgins, don't we? But I want to rub something in. As I point out to you, both the material and spiritual aspects of the five senses. Ladies and gentlemen, please become more and more aware of the spiritual side of your being. If you simply live in the material sense of life and of your being, you see what you are being guided by? You're being guided by the five foolish virgins. Now you know how you get into trouble. Who have no oil, meaning have not the Holy Spirit, to sustain the light of the mind. I want to give you a question right away for you to work out in the privacy of your own home. Am I dwelling too much in the material aspect of my nature? Am I dwelling too much in the material aspect of my nature? Am I living too much in material phenomena? This is something we really have to be careful about. For you see, each one of the external senses has its part. But if you're just living in the material aspect of yourself, you have no oil and no light. The oil of the Holy Spirit, the oil of the whole Spirit is within Christ in you, the hope of glory. I dare say problems that people get into is because we live too much in a sense of the external senses where there is no oil to sustain the light of the mind. Don't think of yourself as just simply flesh and blood. For again, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. You must come to know your spiritual self, your spiritual nature. Let's go on now to another item of symbology in the parable of the ten virgins. Bridegroom. In this parable, bridegroom indicates the good with which one desires. Although them again we will never, never, never trust. Them not know what they do. They go to Yahweh. 
represented. The information station changing the nation. It's time for Jessica and Tasia on Hindsight Radio. Peace, everyone. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Divine Connection Show. Well, we want to divinely connect with you. This is Jessica and Tasia. Hope everyone's having a good day and a good week. Um, how's your week been, Tasia? It's been good. It's been going. Yeah. Pretty quickly by this week. Yeah, it's not. It's been a better week. Mm-hmm. Considering everything going on out there during this time, mm-hmm. uh, people still getting killed, you know, people still, there's a lot of crime and a lot of hate. There's a lot of hate right now. Like a lot of people hate, hatred for just skin tones or one another and other areas is being magnified or the media. That's what's being portrayed the most. But Anyway, it's still a good week for me. I haven't drowned myself in negativity at all. I haven't paid attention, um, active attention to the murders and things like that, um, just for my sanity, so my mental health. So, but other than that, um, I got some praise reports because um, I'm proud of some of you know of our gardening situation or planting, um, just planting and growing things from scratch, really. So we had so many pineapple plants, so we cut the heads off and uh, I said heads, what is the plant part of pineapple? <laughs> no, it's not a root. Um, actually, there aren't any roots, so we just put that. Um, and some water, and it's still just flourishing. I thought it was supposed to grow roots, so you know, once I pot that, it'll be a plant. But anyway, um, I'm proud because they haven't died. Well, two of um, even the beet, the beet leaves, the beet leaves, um, they're still alive. <laughs> They've been in water alone. What do you call that? Hydroponic? Um, I don't know. It's some kind of planting. Sometimes it's plants out there that you can just use water to grow. But anyway, so, yeah, those are still surviving. Um, and what I'm really happy about is the avocado seeds. So um, there's so much out there. Um, I spent like two days on YouTube just looking up stuff and Google, and I tried the cup with toothpick message, but I also dove deep into some um, information, and I saw that you could just wrap your avocado seeds in wet paper towels and put them in a Ziploc baggie and just sit them in the sun, and I really didn't know if I did it right. So I took almost all of the... um, Seeds that I had all over the counter lined up with the toothpicks. You know how people do that and they sit it in water. Took all of those, took the toothpicks out and wrapped them up in like napkins 
and just basically forgot about him because that was like a long time ago, mm-hmm. six to eight weeks ago or something. And now, like, they have developed a root. So roots are growing out of them, and eventually I'll be able to put those in a pot, and I will grow avocado plant, okay? So I don't know. That's a victory for me because, honestly, it takes patience because I thought that things weren't – I didn't think things were happening. Just to throw it away, but just be patient. Yeah, I threw away some of the, uh, you know – some of the seeds, you know, they're not gonna make it. But a lot of them, because I had was eating bags of avocados at one point, I just saved the seeds. So I don't know. I feel a little green, like my green thumb is enhancing. But um, I wanted to let some people know some great finds that I found yesterday. Uh, I was so because I had been trying to get the five and below since the dog on quarantine, just to find some one thing specific, but. They didn't have what I wanted. But um, anyway, what they did have were plenty of seed science grow kits, seed science grow kits, like uh, germination. So I bought a strawberry kit. First, I was thinking this would be good for kids, but it would be good for you. Yeah, especially for the ones that don't have so much of a green thumb, this would be a good thing to start start it out with to Mm -hmm. develop that. Yeah, and this is five and below. So this, I got strawberry seeds for a dollar. Like, what does it look like on the inside? I forgot. It, like, it comes with the, um, oh, I wish I knew what this was called. It comes with the seeds in a little, like a little tiny um, pot that's like paper. It's not paper. What is it? It's definitely com- compostable, though. Um, and the, it's already set. You just let it, it's got the little dirt. I don't even know. It's like a circle. Um, I don't know what that's called because I'm new. So anyway, but I got the most expensive. Well, no, that's not true. Um, I got a wild rose grow kit. That was 225. It has its own little pot. And um, I got a sunflower seed grow kit for a dollar. I got, um, what else? I was so excited about this. Because I was like, I don't have to go buy a bunch of things. Um, This stuff is right in my face. And then um, I got a daisy grow kit. These things already come with the pots. I don't have to go do anything else. It has the dirt, the seeds, and a little pot. Now, these little ones, the only, the, the strawberry and the sunflowers, those are the only ones that have, like, the little cardboard pots, but the rest of them have their own little pot. Like, I got a cactus plant, the cactus grow, grow kit for $1.25. And the most um, expensive ones were the um, lavender and chamomile grow kits, and those are actually in the tin, like a tin um, pot. Yeah. Comes with a tin in a tin flower pot, and it has like three of them in one. And then um, I also got the tomato and cilantro kit, grow kit, and that's another, the same thing. It has like three, three or four of these circular starter stuff. And then what else is this? Some forget me not. 
for like a dollar, dollar twenty five. So I was really excited. So I was like, this will be good because, you know, we'll see what. I already got plans for some of this. I was like, oh, I can use lavender and chamomile and some products with those bud and and grow because I haven't tried flowers. Um, and then these things are like natural, is what it says. I was reading some of it because I was like, well, is this really good for you to eat? And I was reading, um, I don't know, but, yeah. So, I don't know. I was excited. So, that just adds to, like, the things are out here. You don't have to spend a whole lot of money just as you go. You just grab some things. My mom gave me some seeds. I saved some seeds to try to see if I can regrow some things. And then it looks like it has detailed instructions. So, you can figure this out. You don't have to really know everything there is about gardening or planting. It, mm-hmm. it helps you out. So it's good to know that those resources are out there, that they do have that. I really felt like they made this for kids, to be honest. But um, I was just like, um, I'm going to grow some cilantro and yeah, tomatoes. Your kids these skills. Yeah, it starts now, you know. little Everything will build up, add up. Um, definitely... Um, time for everybody to be as resourceful resourceful as you can. Um, try not to waste anything if you can. Don't waste any food. Freeze leftovers. Compost what you can. Can what you can. Okay. <laughs> you know. Um, yes. So I'm getting, the deeper I get into preparing for the shared, the, the more I and, like, going deeper into this, like, homestead venture, I guess. Not really. I, I never desired that. But um, I don't know. I have to start canning now. You guys know that I um, made sauerkraut a couple weeks ago. Um, and that was a success. But now I've been blessed with more cabbage. We talked about the benefits of cabbage anyway. Um, so we know that it's high in vitamin C, high in vitamin K is good for your gut, um, especially um, the way sauerkraut is, the ferment, the ferment, the fact that it's fermented um, is like a natural probiotic, helps with leaky gut, leaky gut, like people that have like bacterial and infections, bacteria and infections that leak out into the intestinal lining. It is a natural gut balancer. So as much as you don't really want to, well, I, I'll, I won't speak for everybody, but you can grow up eating sauerkraut. So as much as I don't want to eat it all the time, and um, but you make it how you want it. I didn't make it. Actually, homemade sauerkraut is better than store-bought. So it's much more benefits. Um, it hasn't been, sauerkraut that hasn't been, uh, pasteurized or has preservatives is not good anyway. So homemade sauerkraut is best. So it tastes a lot different. But as much as I don't always want to eat it because it's like, what does it go with? I mean, I kind of just make myself eat it because it's so good for you. So anyway, um, I'm going to take this to a different level. I've never canned it. Like I created it and put it in jars and stored it in the fridge. But um, I have to actually can it because I don't have space. I'm not going to – my fridge is not about to be my storage space. So I have to literally can it 
which preserves it for a long, long time, higher shelf life. So I'll be doing that today, um, how to go out and buy a canner and things like that to do, like, the water bath canning. So you have to put it um, in, like, a kind of like a stock pot, and you have to uh, bring it up to a boil. Once it gets up to a boil, um, you let it boil for, like, 15, 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. and then it'll be ready. And it's just kind of like how it feels and things like that. So, you know what? I mean, canning gets, to me, it gets kind of deep. But after a while, once you know it, it's not as com- complex as you think. Like, I thought, I'm like, oh, my gosh, pressure canning, water bath canning. Like, I was overwhelmed. But I'm starting to understand, like, what you would water bath can as opposed to pressure can. But I went on ahead and got a book because as much as I didn't want another book, I'm, while I'm on the road, I'm going to be reading up on some recipes so I can get a better understanding because it's so helpful for your family. Like, I hate having to waste food. Like, I had an overabundance of squash and zucchini, and I gave it away, and I tried to cook it as much as I could. I made casseroles, breakfast casseroles, sautés and onions. It's only so much you can do. But had I known, just can it, you know, there's things you can do or dehydrate it, you know, it's just like, I don't know, I kind of feel bad wasting food. So, yeah. And then when they're talking about our food supply, like what uh, Dr. Daniels was saying, mm-hmm. that there is about to be an interruption of that, it's like, as much as, like I said, you guys, like last week, as much as I felt like I was behind on the things I knew I should have done back in the day, like the stuff I'm doing now will help me out later. So it's not just going to be cabbage. And, it's definitely not going to be sauerkraut. That's not something I eat all the time. But I just have it, and I don't want to waste it. So I'm going to create sauerkraut out of my cabbage. So, and I'll do, you know, aside from making fried fried cabbage or something. But yeah. So anyway, that's that. <laughs> that is that. So um, speaking of preparation, um, we heard a really good message from someone that's dear to us, like a mentor. Um, her name is Dr. Charmaine Downer, and she has a phenomenal message for the time uh, right now, basically. Yeah, I was going to say the end times, but a right now word and, like, encouragement and uh, actual actions that we are to be doing during this time, and I wanted everyone to hear it. So I invited her onto the show, or we, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. We invited her to the show. And um, so I guess we'll just cut to the chase. Yes, we had a, a, a surprise for you guys, a special yes. guest today. So I'm really excited about about having her on today, mm-hmm. um, Dr. Charmaine Downer. Now, Dr. Downer is a graduate of Destiny School of Ministry, where she has received her honorary doctorate degree in biblical studies. She has also earned a bachelor's and master's degree in social work. She is the owner of 
a counseling service called A New You. She has authored multiple books. Mm-hmm. Her skill sets are in individual and group counseling, group facilitation, and various settings, and professional interpersonal skills. So now we introduce our dear friend and mentor, Dr. Charmaine Downer. Hello, everybody. Can you hear me? Hello. Hi. Yes, we can hear you just fine. Welcome. Welcome to How the are you? Connection Show. Thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> yeah, so um, um, outside of the radio, but um, we we know her more like in the church setting. So um, she's actually, I've heard her, the first time I heard her speak, I was um, really blown away and inspired and um, purchased some books. And the good thing about her books are um, they're kind of like, I don't want to say quick read, but they are short, but I don't know. They're kind of needy at the same time. Like, you're not going to, it's not like a quick read, like, on some elementary level. It's like, told her there's a book that she wrote, um, what, Will Christians Be Judged? I actually stopped reading that book. (laughs) Like, I read, like, half of it, and I put it down. So, anyway, she is awesome. Um, Yeah, so I'm going to let you have the floor, Charmaine, and just flow and take it away. First of all, I want to say thank you so much for having me on. I am very humbled to be on. It's always a humbling experience to be able to share some of the things that I receive from God for the world, not just for Christians, but for everybody. That's why I love the profession that I'm in, because I get to talk to a lot of people that are not Christians. And um, what you find is the language that we speak is a language that the world loves and embraces, which is the me- the message of love and um, just caring for one another and being there for one another and forgiving one another. But I do have a message in my belly that I would like to share today. And I know a lot of people um, are wondering what's going on in the world. I would say one of my favorite jobs that I've ever had was working in a methadone clinic with opiate addicts. And because I've been out in the streets, and I've been in and out of jail, I can relate a lot to their life, what's happening in their life. And now that I'm on this side, which is walking with God, living for God, um, I thank God for those experiences that I had. And people are open to hear once they know that you've walked their walk and you've had some of the experiences that they had. So on that note, I want to share something with those that are listening today, especially for those that are wondering what's going on in the world today. Um, It's the same story, and uh, I'm going to read some scriptures from the Bible just to shed a little bit of light. I don't have all of the revelation of what's happening in the world, but I do feel like God has given me some answers. And one of the first things I'll share is 
out of the book of Luke 19:41 through 44. And if I could just read these scriptures real quick, it says, And when he has come near, he beheld the city and wept over it. And they're talking about Jesus in this in this message. It says, saying, if thou hast known even thou at least in this thy day the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the day shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee and campus thee around and keep thee in on every side. Kind of sounds like the things that's going on in the world today. And shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. So Jesus walked the earth, and he was talking to people and telling a lot of parables and stories, as the man so eloquently put it before at the beginning of your show. And um, when he was here, he was saying that you all didn't pay attention that God wrapped in flesh is walking the earth, and this is a time where God, who created man and created the animals and created all of the earth, is visiting the earth. And some people embraced him, some people accepted him, some people rejected him. And he talked about them missing their time of visitation. And I think that's what's going on now where we see everything has kind of been shut down because of COVID-19. And even the churches have been shut down. I believe the reason why everything got shut down, why God allowed it, we don't know if it was the devil's doing or if it was God's doing, but nevertheless, it's been done. And so now we're separated, we're segregated, we have been shut down, businesses have been shut down, and I think this is a time where God wants to visit people again. Like it says in Luke 19, verse 44, but hopefully people will pay attention and this time they won't miss the visitation of the Lord. What does that mean? That means just like what it sounds. When people come to your house, they come visit you. And usually they come to visit you for a reason. Well, God wants to visit his people. He wants to reintroduce himself to his people. And so hopefully people will pay attention this time. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it says, To every season there is a time to every purpose under the heaven. And then if you've ever read this before, it says it's time to be born and time to die. Time to plant, time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill, time to heal. Time to break down, time to build up, time to weep, time to laugh, time to mourn, time to dance, time to cast away stones, time to gather stones, time to embrace, time to refrain from embracing. It's a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. One of the things I like about this so much is when I was going through and I was younger and I really didn't have a relationship with God, I was more like a bench warmer in church, and I had more of a relationship with my church and more of a relationship with the people in the church and more of a relationship with the pastor than I did with God, is I would go through these seasons in life especially as I was growing, and I didn't understand these seasons. And so in my dark time of the seasons, because this scripture right here in Ecclesiastes 3 says to every season, now we know there's four seasons, 
winter, spring, summer, and fall. But when it comes to God, there can be more than four seasons in your life. It could be a season of birthing. It could be a season of dying. It could be a season of getting. So within that season, because of this scripture, I learned that there's two times in every season. And this is one of the things that helped me so much because the times that I felt like giving up, when I read this, I understood it's a time to be born and a time to die. It doesn't say it's a time to be born, therefore, a time to die or now a time to die. When we learn in school, whenever there's a comma and they were, they add that word and, it means in conjunction to. It means in addition to. It doesn't mean otherwise. It means it is added to this thing. So if you're in a dark season, hold on. Because in that season, there's another time that's promised to us, and that is a time of good. So within seasons, there can be bad and good within those seasons. So if you're in a good season, well, you know, this is part of life. Sometimes bad things happen or things are going to come that's going to be a challenge to you. But thank God for this scripture. And right now what I'm hearing even on the Internet or through social media, a lot of people are starting to commit suicide or feeling those uh, feelings of I want to give up on life, it's so dark, you know, especially those that um, are by themselves, those that are separated and segregated from people. I'm a social butterfly, but sometimes I could be by myself. I'm straight with that too. But for those that really have no one, I worked a lot as a social worker for the state um, with foster care kids, and I work with teens specifically. And those teenagers, some of them, I call them orphans. And the reason why I say that is because we look at orphans as somebody that doesn't have parents. But the truth is, if you're alive and your parents are on drugs or in prison or they're MIA, you're an orphan. You, even though they may be physically alive, you still don't have them or have their support. And so, therefore, you are an orphan. I know a lot of people in this world who are 30, 40, 56, and they are orphans. They have nobody. They have no one to support them, no one to pour into them, no one to encourage them. And so I love this scripture because it helped minister to them to tell them, even though you may not have anyone, you still have two times within a season, and you don't have to give up. You don't have to commit suicide. What you do have to do is learn how to hold on. There's something built on the inside of us that God created us to be warriors. Even the weakest person has the ability to survive anything in this world. The sad thing is when you try to survive it by yourself without God. So God wants to reconnect with his people. This is what time it is for those that don't understand what's happening behind the scenes. God is shaking things up or allowing things to be shaken up so that we will once again turn our faces towards him. I'm telling you, even people that don't believe God in this season, I'm sure they are ready to go and receive some kind of prayer. And we are ready to give it, those that are full of faith. So I want to read another scripture because I'm talking about time right now because where we are in life, where we are in this earth, where we are in this world is all about time. First Chronicles 12 verses 29 through 32 talks about the 12 tribes 
of Israel, which were actually his 12 sons. Each son had a different anointing, just like us. We're born, everyone has different gifts, different talents. There are people that are architectures, there's people that are attorneys, there's people that are mathematicians, there's people that are bankers, and there's people that are preachers. I mean, everyone's born with a specific gift. So in First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 29, it starts describing the different gifts that each of Israel's sons had. Benjamin, it says, they were the keepers of the house of Saul, Ephraim. They were mighty men of valor, and they were famous for being mighty men. But I want to talk about the sons of Issachar, the children of Issachar, the the clan of Issachar. So my maiden name is McCormick from my grandfather, but on my grandmother's side, her maiden name was Hood. And so my great-grandparents, had 16 children, all of their children had nine children, 12 children, seven children, all the way down to my mother's, my grandmother's generation to my generation. And so we would be considered Hood clan or the McCormick clan from my grandfather's side. Or if you want to get into my, my father's side, also his clan. But these children of Issachar, which was from the clan of Issachar's, meaning the Issachars, mother and father, grandparents, and all the way down to the children and the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren, all of them had a special gift. And their gift, according to First Chronicles 12.32, was to understand the time and to know what Israel ought to do. And so that's one of the gifts that rests upon my life that God has given me is to understand what is happening in specific seasons and times in the earth and what we should do. And there's a lot of other people that have this gift where they can know things. And First Corinthians chapter 12 talks about a word of knowledge and through the Holy Spirit, him revealing things to you. I'm sure some of you have probably been around people and, you know, you've had a little feeling like, you know, it's not that something is wrong with this person. It's just something about them. Even though you can't put your hand on what that something is and you can't describe what that something is, it's something inside of you that lets you know it's something not right about this person. I just can't get with this person. That's called a word of knowledge. And that's what the Issachars had the ability to know things, to know things supernaturally, but not just know anything, but specifically know the time. And so Ecclesiastes 12 tells us there is seasons and there's times to every season. Within that time is two, within that season is two times. And the Issachars had a special anointing to know those times. This is why God has put his church in the earth. This is why the body of Christ exists, so that the world can have this supernatural information from a heavenly place about what's going on in the earth. I know a lot of people reject the church, and that's because the church in one way, in some ways, has failed, and they haven't done their job correctly. But God is raising up a new people. God is raising up new ministers, and we're not bent on money. We're really bent on seeing people healthy and happy and knowing why God put them in the earth and what they're supposed to be doing and understanding the gifts, the supernatural, spiritual gifts on the inside of them. I know even as I'm talking, I know 
people are identifying with what I'm saying. One of the things that I teach is visions and dreams and how to interpret those dreams. And I even sense right now on the line there's people who have had dreams since they were little kids, and they've had reoccurring dreams, even have deja vus. One of the things that I teach is there is no such thing as a deja vu. That is a worldly term. God said in the last days he will pour his spirit, the Holy Spirit, upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will have dreams and visions. A deja vu is not a, is not a deja vu. It's actually a vision. It is a vision. And, yes, we as individual people can have visions of the future. But if nobody comes and teaches you how to become skilled in your gift or how to understand and comprehend your gift, then you'll just be walking around saying, yeah, sometimes I know things or, yeah, I had a dream or, oh, I've been there before. Oh, this happened to me before. I'm having a deja vu. No, you're not. You're having a vision. And actually, God is the one who gave you a sneak peek of the future, and now your life is actually at that moment of the future. It's almost like getting a preview. Have you ever watched a movie? And um, within that movie, a commercial came on the TV, and you've seen another movie, and they were showing previews of the new movie that's coming out, and you're like, oh, i got to go see this movie. It looks so good. And then you go to the theater, and you're watching this movie, and all of a sudden what you saw on the commercial, that one clip, is now being played out at the movie theater, and you're like, I remember that part. Yes, that's why I wanted to come see this movie. And that's called a preview. And that's what happens in life. But because a lot of people don't understand their gift or don't understand what God has put on the inside of us, they're not able to articulate or even become experts in what God has given them, which leads me to 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 33. It says, and Zebulon, they were such as went forth in battle, and they were expert in war. They were expert in war. It says a few other things, but I'm just going to stop there. So the sons of Issachar understood the times, and they know what Israel should do. Zebulon, their gift was to be to go in battle and be expert in war. But I want to encourage everybody on the line, be experts in the gifts that God has put on the inside of you so that you too can understand what time and what season you are in your life. That way you won't give in to hopelessness, won't give in to the darkness or give in to the uh what the enemy would try to put on us, which is to quit and give up. And that's not for everybody, but there are some people on the line. They just needed to hear that. And so you can have that one for free. <laughs> now, I want to read something else to you since I'm talking about time. I'm talking about time. In Revelations chapter 10, I encourage people, whether you like the Bible or not, read Revelations. I read Revelations, I think, like three or four times in one year. I'm going to read it a couple more times before the end of the year. It'll give you a good look at what's to come and what's what's going to happen in the earth. And a lot of people, they're just clueless. They think they are here, that they are a result of their mother and father having sex, and now they exist, and now they just have to learn how to survive or make it through life. I'm telling you, you are here for a reason. 
And the one commodity that you have is your time. A lot of us have lost loved ones. We've seen friends die. We've seen people die. We've seen Kobe Bryant die. No one is promised tomorrow, but we're all here for a reason. And without that understanding, just like Jessica, you were talking about my book, Will Christians Be Judged in Heaven? I wrote that book because a lot of Christians have become professional pew members or bench warmers. And it's like, God put us here so we can get in the game. I don't want to be on the sidelines. Coach, put me in the game. But you can't be put in the game unless you become an expert and skilled in whatever it is God has put on the inside of you. And so I had to learn some things about myself, learn some things about life. I became a student of life because all I have is time. I'm closer to the grave than the day I was to my born to the day I was born. Actually, I don't. I'm a woman. I don't have no problem telling my age. When you look at me, I look about maybe about 35, but I'm actually 51. So that means I am more than half of a century. So I'm not here for the games. I'm really about what is life about and helping other people's come people come into that awareness of why we exist. But let me get back on topic. Time. Revelations chapter 10, it says, And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was as it were the sun, and his feet as a pillar of fire. And he had in his hand a little book, and he set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot on the earth. This is what's going to happen. And he cried with a loud voice as when a lion roared, and when he had heard the cries, Seven thunders uttered their voices. And when the seven thunders uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Fill up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and don't write them. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and of the earth, lifted up his hand to heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that are in the earth, and the things that are in the sea, and the things which are therein, that there should be no time any longer. There's going to come a day when time is not going to exist. There's going to come a day when we're not going to be, according to Revelations, we're not going to be able to buy or sell anything unless we take a mark. They're already talking about us getting these chips. We already have chips in us. People don't realize it, but what you hold in your hand every day, this phone is a chip. Your tablet and your computer has a chip, a chip in it. I didn't know about, I what is it, um, allegories or a, I can't think of the word, algorithms, algorithms. So I just learned about algorithms two or three years ago because I started realizing I would go into the store and my phone would ask me a question. How did you like Walmart? How did you like Olive Garden? Do you want to rate your experience with yeah. <laughs> Olive Garden? And I'm like, what the heck? I ain't told nobody where I was. What What's going <laughs> on here? You have a chip already in your hand. Now, they may want to put it up under our skin, but I'm telling you, hear me by the spirit. There's going to come a day where it's not going to be an option. 
This is the time that we're in. We're almost close to the book of Revelation, and the Antichrist has already been released. And a lot of people don't understand that. They don't understand the time. A lot of us, I want to say this. Um, When I first learned out that God talked to people, I didn't believe it. Because I was raised up in a Baptist church, and, you know, we sing, we shout, we pray, we get preached to, and that's it. We go home. We eat some chicken, and we go home. We love on each other. Uh, You know, that's it. That's how I was raised. But it was a very loving environment. It was a, a social environment where you had a camaraderie, and you felt like you were a part of the group. And if anything happened in your family, whether it was marriage or death or somebody having a baby or a birthday party, the whole church or people in the church who you made connections with, they supported you and vice versa. And so I love that environment. I wasn't alone. But one of the things I didn't learn in the church is that God wants to talk to everybody that God wants to have a relationship with everybody, that God specifically put everybody in the earth to perform a task. And when we meet him, whether you believe it or not, you're going to be judged based on the job you've been given in the earth. And everyone has gifts. Every single person that's born in the earth has a spiritual gift. Trust me on this. Mariah Carey, can sing. Other people can sing too, but this girl's gifted. And she has the choice because God didn't want to make robots. He allowed us to choose. You can use your gift for me and to tell others about me and to bless others that are in the kingdom of God, or you can use your gift for yourself and for your own selfish gain. This is what many people don't know. Psychics are gifted. They actually, most of them probably were supposed to be prophets, but they can use their gift for whatever they want to use their gift. It's a choice. God allow us to have this choice. So one of the things I learned, when I learned that God to people, I remember I was 27 years old. I was sitting in the church, and they were pulling people to the front, and there were some prophets there, and they were telling people what God was saying about their life, and they were telling people things that had happened in their life that nobody could have known. And I remember sitting in the pew saying, these people are going to get struck down from God. Lightning is coming any minute. Y'all better move back. And what I didn't realize is, because I I thought in in my mind, I've been in church all my life, God does not talk to people. Where am I going with this? I'm talking to the people that are listening to me right now. God has spoken to you several times, whether you want to believe it or not, whether you receive it or not, but I'm getting ready to prove it. I remember when I was younger, and the Lord told me, he said, Charmaine, I've always talked to you. I said, no, 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 God, you you haven't always talked to me. He said, yes, I have. No, me and God got into kind of like a debate about this because when I started learning and taking classes and courses on the spiritual gifts that I had called prophecy, the gift of prophecy, 
I learned God does talk to you. So I got into a debate. I was like, God, why you didn't talk to me when I was a teenager, when I was getting in trouble? And why you didn't talk to me, you know, when I was going in and out of jails and I was on the streets with pimps and prostitutes? And why you, you know, I could have avoided a lot of stuff. And he said, I've always talked to you. And I said, no, no, you didn't. Yes, I did. And so we were in this debate and the Lord said, Charmaine, do you ever remember saying within yourself, you didn't even say it out loud, you said it within yourself, man, I should have went with my first mind. Now, God stopped me in my tracks because I've said that several times. He said, your first mind was me. I always tell you the right thing. Your second mind is probably Satan or yourself. You have a voice, your conscience. You can talk. You have your own free will, your own thoughts. You can make decisions. You can talk. And so I thought, wow. Or he asked me, he said, have you ever, do you remember, I remember this specifically. He said, remember the times that you did get busted and went to jail? And no, it's not none of y'all business why I went to jail when I was younger. Thank you for asking. (laughs) 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 So he said, remember When you went to jail, and I said, yeah, I remember. And he said, do you remember what you would say? I said, yeah. Now, remember, my first time hearing God's voice was something told me. But when I went to jail, I would say, I should have went with my first mind. Man, I should have went with my first mind. Those two times. Something told me, man, I should have went with my first mind. I know if you're listening, you have said this to yourself. And this is the voice of God, but we haven't been taught properly to stop and begin to ask more questions. God will have a conversation with you. He wants to have a conversation with you. Especially in your darkest hour Because that's the time that we can't see In 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4 It says the God of this world Has blinded the minds of unbelievers It doesn't say he's blinded their eyes It says he's blinded their minds Why? Because your mind is where your thought processes are Your ability to reason To take time and analyze things But if it's total darkness in your mind, then it's just like walking around trying to get from the bedroom to the kitchen. I mean, you, you can be successful, but you're going to make a lot of bumps. You might hit your toe and, you know, you have all these things. You can have, you know, all these bad things can happen when your mind is full of darkness. And so, of course, he wants to make sure your mind is full of darkness and you keep rejecting God who can bring light to you. And light is indicative or, you know, can be thought of as information and revelation about what you can't see. See, we need to tap into the spiritual gift on the inside of us to get us through this time. We need to be like the children of Issachar. I began to pray this prayer over myself 20 years ago, Lord. Give me the ability, like the sons of Issachar, to know the times and the seasons of God and what we should be doing. 
I prayed this consistently, and now I'm walking in the fruition and the fullness of this. I don't have to just, I mean, automatically I just know what time it is and what we should be doing because I asked for that. So let me move on so I can get out of the way. I really appreciate you all just giving me a chance to share this with you. Matthew 25, it was so interesting that this broadcast was started off with the man of God talking about the 10 virgins because I just taught this message. And this is also about time. He brought out a different revelation, but I want to bring out a revelation of time because this is all we have. The Lord asked me one time when in, I pay tithes and offerings to the church. I believe in it, and I believe in sowing and giving and blessing other people. And the Lord asked me one time, he said, Charmaine, what's the greatest offering that you can give me? At that time, I thought monetarily in my mind. And he said, no, it's not money. He said, the greatest offering that you can give me is your time. He said, because money Once it's spent, it can be regenerated. But time is the only commodity that we have that cannot be replaced. You can never get yesterday back, ever. I'm 51 years old. Whatever I have or have not done, I can't get those days back, those hours, those minutes, those weeks, those months, those years. Can't get them back. So Matthew 25, let me read this to you. I hope this is blessing somebody. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise, five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with the lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, The bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, give us your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Something big is coming, not just to America, but to the earth. Whether you want to believe it or not, When the time comes and when the transitions begin to happen, you think they're killing people now? There's going to be times when people are going to be pulled out in the middle of the street and shot in front of their whole family as a fear tactic. This is only the beginning. You think they want us to do social distancing and wear masks? That mask is a way to shut your mouth. Because the one thing we've always had liberty in America, especially, is our freedom of speech. There's a lot going on behind the scenes. And a lot of people are wondering what's happening. I started off by saying Jesus himself, when he walked the earth, 
in Luke 19 said he wept because the people didn't understand and they missed their time of visitation. God is visiting the earth again. There's a time and a season for every purpose under heaven. We are in that time where a lot of people don't know what's going on, but God is raised up. Men of understanding that know what the world should do. And then there will come a time when time won't even matter. According to Revelations 10, time is going to be taken out of the earth. When it gets to the point, some of these movies that I watch, I love sci-fi, and I never really understood why, but it's uh, sci-fi is about the closest we'll get sometimes to understanding supernatural and spiritual things. And so movies like The Purge and Matrix, Unplug from the System, and Take the Red Pill to Wake Up and See the World for the Truth of What It Is, and how they can control you. Those kind of movies and a lot of other movies, I just made a suggestion, um, I think, to just, or someone to watch The the, the Knowing. Um, so many other movies, I can't think of them, but it's about what's coming, what's coming down the pipes. Um, they have a new movie out called The Hunt. And I told my husband, I said, Ice-T made a movie like that back in the 90s about them hunting um, homeless people. I remember Arnold Schwarzenegger made a movie about um, the end of the world, and they had this game, The Running Man. If any of you remember The Running Man, uh, y'all know my age, so (laughs) some of the young people might not know The Running Man, but it was about um, them as a game watching people go kill people, but it was real life. That was before real TV um, came out, before the Kardashians and um, was Survival Island, all that stuff. Before them kind of reality TVs came out, they had made those movies. And it's going to come to that time. It's going to come to that time. And we have to be aware and we have to be prepared. So in Matthew 25, there were 10 virgins that were wise and 10 foolish. What is this story about? It's about time. 10 had oil. I mean, five had oil. Five didn't have oil. And a bridegroom was coming. They were virgins that were going to go in with the bridegroom. The five that didn't have no oil asked the other five, can we get some of your oil? And they said no. But there was a reason why they said no. They said no because in verse 8 it says if we give you some of our oil, we won't have enough to last the whole night. And it says that the bridegroom didn't show up. He he was taking a long time. Verse 5 said he tarried. And so they ended up going to sleep. What is that? Time. He took so long that they ended up going to sleep. It reminds you of what's going on in the world today. Not only non-Christians, but a lot of Christians have went to sleep because we've been sitting in these churches where they've been preaching messages and not equipping us and preparing us to get our oil. So they ask these virgins for their oil, and, and then finally they fall asleep waiting so long. Verse 7 says the virgins hear a cry. Verse 6 actually says at midnight. What is that, time? 
a specific time, though. It says at midnight. Well, if you think about it, midnight is when everybody's sleeping. That's when you get in your good sleep. You know, the REM, the REM mode. You know, you're having dreams by midnight. And it says at midnight, a cry was made, here comes the bridegroom. What y'all been waiting for, he's coming now. And so it says the virgins got up and they trimmed their lamps. Trim means to take care of the wick that draws the oil up to the re- through the reservoir. There's a storage in the old days where the lamp, where the oil was kept, and it keeps the br- the flame burning. So they got up to trim their lamps, and the foolish virgins didn't have enough oil. They had run out. Because think about it. The story starts with them waiting on the bridegroom. By the time it gets to midnight, your oil and your lamp is all out. And so they say, let us get some of your oil. And the virgins tell them, no, if we give you some of our oil, first of all, the bridegroom is on his way, but he ain't here yet. And so we got to make sure these lamps stay burning. We're talking about pitch blackness. This this lamp's got to keep us being able to see. So when he comes, we'll be ready. And then when he gets here, it's only midnight. We still got another five to six hours before daylight comes. And so we have to have enough oil. So they tell them, go buy your own oil. And that's crazy because while they're going to buy their oil, the Bible says the bridegroom comes. God asked me a question. He said, Charmaine, do you notice in this story that as they went to go buy the oil, it never talks about how the wise virgins got their oil? It just says they had the oil, and the foolish ones didn't have oil. I said, you're right. As I began to read this story over and over again, because sometimes I'll do that so I can get an understanding of the message in the story, I said, it don't say how they got their oil, but actually it does. You just have to be able to read behind the line. It says the wise virgins told the foolish virgins, go to the people that sell and buy some oil, meaning that's what they did. They wouldn't have been able to give that kind of advice if they would have did it, did it themselves. How can they tell somebody where to go get some oil unless they already knew where to get some oil? So the truth is they were prepared. That's what we need to be right now with this time. We need to hear people that understand what time we're in, and what's coming down the pipes that have a supernatural spiritual gift to tell you what's happening. And one thing about a true prophet, when you're around a true prophet, when they speak a word, it's going to happen. Then you'll know. Even the Bible talks about in Deuteronomy and Chronicles, when a prophet speaks, it says you will know they're a true prophet because their words will come to pass. So let me get back to the story. They go by the oil. They come back. And they find that the bridegroom has come while they were going to buy. We're talking about time again. So now because you waited so late and because you were unprepared, you had to go buy some oil while you're buying the oil, which is all about time. It takes time to get to the store. It, get, it takes time to buy the oil. It takes time to come back to the place where the bridegroom is coming. But by the time they get back, it's too late. It's too late. 
And then verse 11 says, afterward came also the virgin saying, Lord, Lord, open the door to us. Because verse 10 says they shut the door. They went into the marriage and they shut the door. And they're like, look, we went and got some oil. Open the door for us. And then verse 12 says, but he answered and said, verily I say unto you, I know you not. Verse 13, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. There's something big coming to the earth. And we will see who has the truth. Does the church have the truth? Is God real? Will he be like this man and come and visit and come get those that are prepared? Will he say on you that day, I don't know you? Will you be scrambling to get some oil? That oil is a representation of the Holy Spirit. That oil is a representation of the anointing. Your gift by itself can work, but your gift can work to the tenth power or the hundredth power with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Backing your gift It's kind of like me And me just talking now Or me having an amplifier If you get with the Holy Spirit You get connected to God Reconnect with God You get this amplification On your gift You won't be walking around this earth Wondering what's happening Because our world is changing You'll remember my words Mark my words there will come a time when time will not matter. When you have to scrounge for food, the Bible says you won't be able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast. And when they start killing people for real and you don't have an option, then you'll remember these words. God is trying to visit this pe- his people again. That's what time we're in. God is trying to get people's attention. Well, I just appreciate you all for bringing me on today. I hope you enjoyed the message that I had. Yes. Thank you so much. So much. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, we appreciate you. Yeah, that was was definitely right on time, especially with what we've been talking about and, and preparation of what's to come and it's it's really hard to, to search for answers and find answers and um and just we, we even talk on how depression can get to you during this time of unknowing and people become suicidal. There's all types of things going on. So I I really um believe that um, you did give us some hope of how to move forward uh, from here and, and God speaking through you uh, to give us hope. So we, we dearly, dearly appreciate you coming on today. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. We just need to get connected, get connected, you know, with people. Like, I appreciate you all show. I was listening to the show and Listening to um, you talking about the gardening, and um, I don't know if it was last week you were talking about um, preservative, like how to 
kind of like what you were talking about today. I don't know how to do any of those things, but uh, yeah. now Deserve. I'm interested. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even with the food that we eat, I know this food is not healthy for us. I know it's not mm-hmm. healthy because mm-hmm. my body is talks to me. My body tells me when I'm backed up and, you know, sorry, I know we're online, but I, I'm a really blunt and honest person. When yeah. I'm backed up and I cannot eliminate waste out of my body, it's a problem. It's a problem, oh, and yeah. it's got to be with what I'm putting in my mouth because what I put in my mouth is supposed to come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I appreciate mm-hmm. even what you all are teaching, even in preparation. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, yeah, some of all... the things that I've seen prophetically, oof, that's coming, oof. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna need each other. Wow. Yeah. So that's why we're doing it now. Just do what you can. I mean, everybody's not. I mean, I don't have a garden outside, but I'm just making it work because it's in me to to do it now. So, you know, well, takes that extra, go the extra mile to make something happen. Of course, I don't want to always you know, do something, but when there's a pulling, you just got to go with it. But, um, you know, you may not always want to get up and come to the garden. Now, I'm not looking for that, forward to anything like that, but you got to do what you got to do. You want the fruit right. of your labor. But then there will be yeah. a time when we pray, you'll have something to offer. You never know. I might have some yeah. beans, rice, or butter, or something to offer, you know, well, that's what they yeah. did in my grandmother's days. She said they lived on the farm and they bartered. They didn't have to use money. Somebody had bread, somebody had butter. They traded it. Somebody had eggs, you know, somebody had yeah. wheat. They traded it. But you said something mm-hmm. so significant. Even now you said there's a pulling inside of you. And a lot of people mm-hmm. think God just, you know, speaks through the preacher, but God speaks to us individually, that pulling inside of you is the voice of God. I mean, did you feel like that nine months ago? Did you feel like that two years ago? Or, you know, why now? Why now is there a pulling Mm -hmm. inside of you? And you're Mm -hmm. submitting and obeying that pulling because not all of the ways that God speaks to us is verbally. Sometimes it's just little messages inside of us. Right. Yeah, and it's crazy because we have our own agenda because I was like, oh, I'm about to get on this other business stuff that I've been wanting to get off the ground. And I was telling Tasia, like, this is taking pressure over that. It's not supposed, like, in my plans, it's not supposed to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm supposed to be focused on something else. Um, but I've got to make time for that. But this right here, like, even today, I have to do this today. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, yes. It's just everything together. So. And then even, um, Dr. Summing, even what you said about that first voice, that first mind, mm-hmm. God told yes. you, you know, okay, this is, you need to get out the situation or you need to prepare for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. even if, like, you hope that nothing tragic happens, but you don't even know, like, the, the start of a thing, right, can mm-hmm. birth many things. I may just get the hang of this and it may come in handy for something else. Or yeah. it may come in handy for our children. We might right. be in getting this together, learning skills and preparation for what our children may have 
go through. Mm-hmm. They the need next to generation know. That's right. to know. Because I know my grandparents, they, my grandmother, she instilled in me some little things. And then as I'm learning more about gardening and planning and being resourceful, these things are coming back to mm-hmm. my mind, back to the forefront. Okay, now I know why my grandmother did this. Yeah. So right, right. It may Maybe and it's the time. It's mm-hmm. the timing mm-hmm. now. Just like um, the thing that I love the most is like going with that. Oh, I should have went with my first mind, or something told mm-hmm. me. It's like most of the time, that's when you're the most successful. And I even mm-hmm. do a safeguard. The Bible says there's safety in the multitude of counsel. So sometimes I'll ask someone else, what do you think about this? But I already have the answer within me, but I'll just check and double check with a few other people. But when Mm -hmm. we go with that first mind, most of our Mm -hmm. lives will be successful. It's when we reason within ourselves or we talk ourselves out of that. That first thought be the right one most of the time, most of the time. (laughs) You might miss the timing of it now. God's like, I told you to move now. Yes, yes. Oh, and let's yes. not even talk about timing. You got to be able to feel. I talked about this maybe months ago now about how I could feel my window of opportunity with my job. I can feel that that um, for me to uh, transfer to the another department. I can feel the window of opportunity closing, and not everybody can understand or feel that. Or if they do, they don't try to ignore it. Sometimes it's not as strong in others, but um, that's just, that's another example, like, Mm -hmm. to go with that. And then literally, because I had, there was supposed to be three other people hired after me, because I went on ahead, I said, I felt that tug, and I was like, okay, let me go ahead and do this. I could tell it was closing, and then they didn't hire anybody else, and they were supposed to hire two other people. It would have been closed had I, before me, and even after me, you know what I mean? So it's just timing because you may not always get it. I mean, even if you do, but you may have to wait. Who knows how long you have to wait if mm-hmm. you're not doing it in perfect timing. And sometimes, I mean, right. you'll really beat yourself if you don't talk yourself out of it. I mean, I guess that comes with experience, how much regret you're willing to live with. You know, I'm like, I think I've learned by now. I'm still learning, but I think there's some things I just can't ignore. So, but I mean, I've talked myself or put some stuff off for the longest. And honestly, it's that fear factor that um, that holds you back. Because mm-hmm. even when it comes to canning, y'all would not even believe. Okay, you would believe. You should. Um, I almost had, like, reservations for even canning. Because I'm like, oh, gosh, what if the stuff don't feel? And then, you know, <laughs> something happens or grows in it. I mean, there's things... That like that's enough to not even start because it's like oh it's not gonna be perfect. Seriously, actual type of stuff I, I hate this. So I'm like oh no this isn't gonna happen this time. Like I'm not gonna allow that to happen. I mean you have to start. How else are you gonna get better? Mm-hmm. So right yeah. Time you do it. I mean for me it's like <laughs> let me keep researching. You know what I mean? How do I make this perfect on the first try? You know, but right. I'm just gonna do what I can. You won't always be totally prepared. You just got to mm-hmm. do it sometimes. You just got to yep. you you jump, jump in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, timing, preparation, Oof. go with that first mind. We talked about this, too, about your gut. Like, why did 
gut is another mind. Um, and like the spiritual, I was taught something like that. Like, why do you think, like, it is, when you think about it, it is a mind because it's like your gut, it's like your intuition. It's like what you knew. I knew this right. would have happened, was going to happen, or I knew not to do this. Right. You know, it's like, right. when you feel that weird feeling, you feel that gut wrench twist when something, sometimes you could be sitting there. And then you get, like, that gut-wrench feeling. Like, if I get those randomness, random feelings, I start to question, like, what's going on? Is there something that's in the atmosphere? Or is there something else in your mind that would send for some type of anxiety that you know, you, oh, is there a deadline or something? <laughs> what am I right. supposed to be worried about? You know, but also, you know, that just that feeling. So and now you're people... describing, you're describing what you feel and how to respond to it, but there's a term for it. This is where the church has failed. There's a spiritual term for it, and that is a gift. It's called discernment. Yeah. Discernment is a gift where you're not hearing something, you're not seeing something. So God speaks different ways. He speaks to us verbally. He speaks to us through preachers. He speaks to us through magazines. He can speak anyway, or a still small voice inside of us, or Mm -hmm. he can speak to us through picture language, which is where we get our dreams and our visions, not deja vu, visions. So that's the picture mm-hmm. language. I mean, we we know that from hieroglyphics. I mean, the the mm-hmm. first people that recorded their history was supposedly um, the Egyptians. How did they do that? How did they relay their information? Through pictures. And God still uses pictures to talk to us, okay? So that third mm-hmm. way that he talks to us is through the nonverbal communication. So it's not through a voice. It's not the still small voice in you. It's not the preacher's voice. It's not the pro- prophecy, you know, but and it's not the picture language, which is dreams and visions, but it's discernment, which is a nonverbal, which is more of a sensing. That's what you're talking about. You're saying it's a gut feeling. Yeah, you sense it. It's using yeah. your senses. Or you can come in and into a house. I've went, walked in people's houses and um the husband and wife is smiling, but you can you can tell they just got done arguing because you can feel it in the atmosphere. You can yeah. sense it. I you know I when when I was a little girl, I got molested by a pastor's son. So anytime I stood next to a man that had a spirit of lust or any you know gentleman that had a spirit of lust, I could feel that. I sensed it. It wasn't nothing yeah. that I heard. It wasn't nothing that I saw. I sensed it. I grew up in a family where there were alcoholics. My husband was an alcoholic. Thank God he's delivered now from alcoholism, but you don't even have to smell like you've been drinking because I'm so familiar with that spirit that wow. I'm connected to it. I can sense when someone is an alcoholic. And so wow. that's called discernment, that gut, and that's that's. The church should have always been a school where we have prepared people and taught people and trained people. It used to be when it turned into something different, but God is bringing it back around. For all those that are out there and they can't stand church, I'm telling you, the church is going to be glorious. It's going to be great. Mm -hmm. But that's discernment. 
you guys. That's discernment, the yeah. gift of discernment, where you sense that gut feeling that yeah. where you just know mm-hmm. you can't explain why you know, you just know that you know. <laughs> That's right. Story of my life, right? <laughs> I just know. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Thanks for that reminder and the breakdown. Yes. Awesome. 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 Well, thank you. Do we have so any awesome. announcements? Well, yeah. um, Dr. Oh. Downer, uh, where can we find you at? Oh, um, I wrote it. I wrote. Is that right, Dr. Yes, that's my website. And you can find me on um, Facebook. I do yeah. some posting, some very controversial posting <laughs> on Facebook. And um, I have a few trainings that I do actually train people how to learn how to use their gifts. And so I announced that on Facebook. There's actually a poster out there right now because next week I'll be doing a training on visions and trances, understanding Mm -hmm. these gifts. I've been talking to people and asking them, just kind of filling people out and asking them, have you ever been in a trance? And most people say no. I said, yes, you have. You just didn't know it. No one explained (laughs) it to it. Nobody taught you what the trance was about, and you couldn't develop in it because mm-hmm. of this reason. And so I asked people, have you ever had a daydream? And someone had yeah. to snap their fingers and wake you up mm-hmm. out of it. In the day, you could be at the store, you could be in school, you had a daydream. And they're like, yeah, I have had that. Okay, yeah. well, you've been in a trance before. It's just a mini trance, though. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be teaching on that and other supernatural experiences that we can have and how to understand them, why they're happening to you. I'll be teaching on that, but I have a flyer on Facebook. I usually post on Facebook the things that I teach about and, uh, yeah, or my website. My website needs to be updated. Y'all don't laugh about, don't don't talk about me and laugh at me, Kay. (laughs) But I'm connecting with some people that are very skilled in technology. That's not my gift. I know how to stay in my lane. I'm a teacher, a trainer. (laughs) Those that are skilled in that area, I need you. Mm -hmm. Well, I think your website looks fine. But, I mean, I'm all for updates because, I mean, the website is a starter website. And, um, we're already talking about updating it, you know, so nice. it's all good. The You're thing right. is, we have one. We both have one, okay? <laughs> yes, that's the most important thing. We have websites, so. That's yep. a good start. So yep. hers out so that um, the people okay. that are listening to get their. Dr. Charmaine Downer.com, so it's D-R-C-H-A-R-M-E-I-N-D-O-W-N-E-R.com. And I'm uh, speaking of websites, you guys know our website, um, jtmuse.com. Um, yeah, so tune in on Tuesday. Listen to Ikeen, True Tuesday, Tuesday, and us. 7 o'clock yep. Eastern Time. And the Divine Connection Show. We're here every Thursday at 7 Eastern Standard Time. Um, thank you, Dr. Charmaine, for coming on. We appreciate it. My pleasure. I just want to give a shout out, if you will let me. Well, first of all, thank you all for having me on, but I do want to give a shout out 
um, to our king. He's been a a real inspiration uh, to my life lately, and I thank God for us meeting him, and which I met him through you guys. So, you know, God makes connections like that. He is awesome, and um, he actually encouraged me to do a YouTube show. So pray for me. That should be coming soon in the future. Yay. That would be awesome. (laughs) But, yeah. So, yeah, peace and blessings, everyone. Be safe out there and have a wonderful weekend. Take care. Can't you stand?